Hello, my friends. Uh, sometimes on these holidays, we do a compilation video, sort of the best of this story or the best of that on-air talent. Um, you know, we, we put out so many videos at Rebel News, I think it's too much for any one person just to watch them all. I confess, I, sometimes I don't even have time to watch them all. So on these holidays, we like to do a best of, but today's a little different. It's going to be a worst of. This is the worst of the persecution of Christian churches in Canada. That's ahead, but before we get to that, let me invite you to become a subscriber to Rebel News Plus. That's the video version of this podcast. You'll be able to understand these podcasts pretty well through the audio podcast, but these are all visually reported stories with a video camera, and I think they're much more powerful that way. I would invite you to become a subscriber. Just go to rebelnews.com, click subscribe. It's eight bucks a month, 80 bucks for the whole year and the satisfaction of knowing you keep Rebel News independent. All right, here's today's terrible show, the worst of the persecution of the churches. Tonight, a terrible dishonor. Canada takes the lead in being one of the worst countries to be a Christian pastor. It's May 24th, and this is the Ezra LeVant Show. Why should others go to jail Why? when you're a biggest carbon yeah. consumer I know? There's 8,500 customers here, and you won't give them an answer. The only thing I have to say to the government about why I publish is because it's my bloody right to do so. I'm Jewish, but I care about the persecution of Christians around the world. In fact, that may be one of the reasons why I do care about it, because I know from the history of the Jewish people what religious persecution can be like, especially for minorities. And there are parts of the world, like the Middle East and China, where Christians are minorities, and the nature of Christians is to turn the other cheek. And so sometimes other Christian allies are not as strong, not as vigorous or forceful in defending the interests of Christians. I don't want to pick on any Christian leader in particularly, but I'm always disappointed in how timid the Pope himself is in speaking up for Christians behind enemy lines in places like the Nineveh Plain of Iraq or in China itself. But that's the thing. I always thought the persecution of Christians was something that happened over there. We'd hear of horrific mass kidnappings and rapes of Christian girls in Nigeria at the hands of Boko Haram. We'd hear of mass murders of Coptic Christians in Egypt, slaughters of Christians at the hands of ISIS when they were dominant in northern Iraq. It was always over there, though, wasn't it? The house churches being raided and smashed in China. In Pakistan, the tiny Christian minority being abused, sometimes even murdered. Over there far away. Who amongst us has even been to such exotic places? And maybe it was easy for us to say we were for Christians when it really meant something in the abstract. We're for Christians and against persecution for something far away. We don't actually have to live it here because it's not a problem here. So maybe it was a little bit of moral preening, a little bit of virtue signaling in the hopes that we would never have to deal with that problem here. But I think what we've all observed in the last few months is that the problem is here. 
and a point in particular to my home province of Alberta, which has the unhappy reputation now of being the place that has jailed three Christian pastors for opening their church in a much smaller manner than any Costco or Walmart does. It's not just Alberta. In Aylmer, Ontario, Pastor Henry Hildebrandt literally has armed police walk into the church in the middle of a service and vacate the entire premises. Where are all those people who said they cared? I don't mean the Pope or American evangelical leaders. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about us. Here in Canada, where are the small churches, the big ones, the Christian groups, the ones who wear a little nun symbol because they care about the persecution of Christians in Iraq and uh, being a symbol for Nazarene. And uh, that's what uh, sometimes the Islamic State would call Christians they were about to attack. They would mark their houses with that Arabic letter N for the Nazarene to mark it for, for Jesus. Everyone who ever wore a bracelet that said WWJD, what would Jesus do? Everyone who ever wore a little nun, everyone who ever said, I'm for the Christians, I'm going to pack a little shoebox for Samaritan's Purse. Okay, but the crisis is here and now. And where are those allies? Other than a handful of churches that you could really count on one or two hands fingers. Where's everyone? Because it's happening now. I haven't heard any stories about China jailing pastors for being open during the pandemic of you. I haven't heard stories about that from Egypt or Iraq or Pakistan or Nigeria have you. But I've seen three churches being shut down, pastors arrested, a church in Ontario being shut down. I find it deeply troubling. I'm glad that we are legally helping several of these churches, including Pastor Arthur Pavlovsky. We're also journalistically covering the cases that are represented by other lawyers like the Justice Center for Constitutional Freedom. And so today on this holiday Monday, uh, sometimes on holidays we have the best of, the best of this reporter, the best of this story. This is the opposite. This is the worst of. For the rest of today's show, I would like to show you the worst of the anti-Christian persecution that is being executed in the name of the pandemic. That's today's show. Stay with us. That obedience to Christ is the catalyst for persecution. And so you don't wait to be persecuted to obey Christ. It's your, it's your obedience to Christ that results in persecution. Our church is committed to the Word of God. We are committed to preaching the Word of God verse by verse. We're committed to the gospel of Jesus Christ. We want the Word of God to shape all that we do, every area of our lives, from the way that we parent to the way that um, we live in the community. And, uh, and so uh, we've just been faithful to preach the Word of God, and people have come hungry to hear the Word of God, and that just continues to happen even now as we go through this season. You know, I was speaking to quite a few people, of course, off the record, that they're not regular congregants to your church, but they're coming because they see this as a, a vibrant church and a church that is willing to stand up for the civil liberties of not just Christians, but everybody. Yeah, it's been amazing. Um, obviously, the media attention has given us greater attention, and that means people are coming. And we want um, people to hear the Word of God. We're obviously in a very awkward 
situation as far as accommodating new folks, given the limited number of seats that we have. But um, ultimately, we want God to be glorified, and we want His Word to go forth. And, and if that draws people, then it's difficult to turn them away. You see, some give the impression that if we were being persecuted, then only then would it be right for us to gather, which is a strange position, especially since all you need to do is, is, is obey the government, comply with government to avoid persecution. If you comply with the government, you may never be persecuted. Now, uh, can you tell us exactly what happened last week? Because I've seen reports that you were arrested. I was arrested. Um, I was arrested and released in the same moment. And uh, the RCMP has been um, excellent as they've navigated this. Uh, Obviously, they're under a lot of pressure, I would think, uh, to enforce the health orders that are in place. But, um, but yeah, they've, they've been good. Uh, I was arrested, and, uh, and, and I even said to them at one point in time, so technically I'm arrested, and they said, oh, you're arrested. Um, but I was arrested and released in the same moment. And so that was for violating the public health order? Yes, uh, Section 73.1 of the Public Health Act, yeah. And your church has been ordered closed, but it's never, I guess, been fuller. <laughs> when Correct. when did they uh, issue the closure notice? Uh, they issued that on, oh, let me just think here. I'm losing track. Um, January 29th, which was my birthday, actually. So happy birthday. Here's a closure notice. And um, so, yes, Friday, January 29th. Now, you're not opening your church, from what I understand, because I enjoyed your sermon today. It hit all the sweet spots for me, but you're not doing this to be rebellious at all. No, we, we, um, we love the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, we, we are required, commanded to gather and to worship Him with one voice, one mind, and, uh, and so we are committed to honoring and glorifying Him. In fact, we believe that us honoring Him in this way is the best thing we can do for our province. To, to invite God's blessing upon this province, um, gathering as believers to worship the Lord Jesus Christ is critical. And so, um, so no, we, we don't have animosity toward government. Uh, we we want to maintain humility and submissiveness, but, but we are accountable to Christ, and He is the ultimate and supreme authority. And so He governs all of our lives, and His authority at times, will be in conflict with the governing authorities, and at that point in time, we submit to Christ. And really, what that does to say that that only if we're being persecuted are we to gather as we currently are, you're basically saying that it's right to gather. Implicitly, you're saying it's right to gather. That that according to the Word of God, if, if persecution were on the church then we would have an obligation to gather. So you're admitting that it's right to gather. I think that's amazing. Your sermon also touched on the role of government today. Can you elaborate a little bit? Yeah, so the the role of government is actually a, a biblical reality. This is our Father's world. And He, in the garden, prior to the fall of man, put in place a, a kingdom mandate whereby man was given the responsibility to to um, exercise dominion over the earth. And, and government was put in place subsequent to that and, and was put in place to ensure that kingdom mandate would be realized. 
there are fundamental inalienable rights that are given to man by God that are built right into that kingdom mandate. And the government's role and responsibility is to ensure those rights are protected. And that would be the right to work, the right to have a family, the right to worship, uh, the right to purchase and acquire property. And so the government is in place to ensure those things can take place. What's interesting is that the government lockdowns are infringing on those inalienable rights that come from God. And, and that's because the government has stepped outside of its lane and is now entering into a role that's not theirs. And so there's a sense in which because they're trying to balance what they're calling our civil liberties uh, against the harms of, um, of, of lockdown measures, they are in essence playing God. Are you telling us that the public health orders override criminal code 176? I'm not here to debate that. Okay. I'm here to do a job under... Uh, but you house. entering the building would okay, determine again. that that is so overridden? Now, see, we're getting into a debate. No, no, I'm asking and, a question. I'm, uh, I'm trying I'm not, to get I'm an not, answer. Again, I'm not here to debate those things. Those are things that okay. uh, can yeah. be debated in court. Okay. Uh, so, uh, and I'll let the lawyers and the judges make okay. that call. So okay. I guess, though, by so, you guys going inside, you would be saying that... You're guilty of interrupting the worship service. No, I'm not saying that. No, but you're saying that you're... that. The public health orders override criminal code 176. That but that's why we can't let you in then, because the code 176 makes it illegal for you to interrupt a worship service. Mm -hmm. And our worship service has begun. Mm -hmm. And we're stating that to you very clearly, that your presence in this building will be interrupting mm -hmm. our worship service. How so? Because your presence intimidates again. our people. That's your perception. Well, no. no How so? No. And again, so. it's not about perception. Our people understand that you guys and again, we respect the work that you do in the community. Mm -hmm. We respect you as police officers. But in our worship service right now, people are praying, people are singing, people are listening to the Word of God be preached. Mm -hmm. And they can't do that with your presence in the building. And with all due respect, the law has now put our pastor in prison. And so for the RCMP to come into the service, it is absolutely a disruption. We have seen the arm of law enforcement come against us. So to come in our building, is absolutely intimidation at this point. That's why we can't let you in. Uh, once again, I'm sorry you feel that way, but it'll, you have to understand that we also have a job to do. Yeah, right? yeah we do. Okay, we so do. under that authority, <coughs> that's why we're here. Okay. We're not here to go in, up and down the aisles. We're not here to no. yeah, you, the you service. actually will be. No, we when you, no, when you go inside, you will see that you will be. You'll be, our people are sitting right there. Like, okay. Again, and our work? service has now, we, we are officially started. Right now we have, Yeah, we've wasted time here. You, it we were started been, before that, but now he's in the pulpit. We were already praying and singing. Yeah. Oh, he's in the pulpit. I haven't been in, so I don't know what, what it's like. But yeah. uh, like I said, it's not that we're here to interrupt anything. And, uh, but you will don't, be. And don't. it's not an interpretation. It, you will be. It's a fact. You will be interrupting. Again. We are standing firm on the criminal code 176 that protects these rights. Yep. I'm sorry you feel that way. Again, that is not our intent, okay? And if there's no intent, then... Well, I don't think intent okay. is what... It, intent, intent is what is, it comes down to. No. It does it, come down to that, yes. Well, no, because your moment you walk in the door, you're interrupting our worship right. service, and that's very clear in the criminal code. Yeah. What's also clear is intent. So there has to be a reason for somebody to do something. It's called mens rea, okay? So if someone wants to cause property damage, they have to want to cause property damage for a reason. Yeah. If they do it by accident, so can I ask what your intent? Not, what is your intent then? Uh, like uh, the inspector has stated, uh, I'll let him say 
Okay. Well, he's here. I don't want to speak for him. Okay. Yeah. We're only here on his behalf. Yeah. Okay. We're well, not we here recognize under... that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. So, what is the intent? Uh, I'm here today just to observe your service okay. and uh, just to observe the compliance with uh, with uh, the orders. Hey, what's your name, sir? My name is Dragon. Dragon. Okay. okay. My name's Rob. Nice to meet you. Nice yeah. 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 And so again, no, no other intent. Yeah. No, but again, in that, with that intent, it will interrupt our worship service. We, we don't have intent to interrupt your service, like we would. I, I think there's nothing inside yeah. that you're going to see that you can't see clearly from out here with the amount of cars in the parking lot. So again, I would ask, why do you need to be in the building versus what you've seen with the amount of people that have come into our building from outside? I would need to observe uh, your compliance with 50% capacity. I think you can count, just by counting the cars, you can tell we're not compliant, and so uh, that's why I'm saying you can't come in. Compliance with masking and physical distancing. And again, I would say with witnessing people that are, you know, that have stand, stood outside and people over there, you can witness without coming into the building, that same thing. I, I, would, I would rather observe from your side, uh, rather than just assume yeah. what's going on. So. Well, no, you're not assuming, because you can see there's people not social distancing and, and masking, the cars. and you can count the cars in so the there's parking. There's no assumptions. There's no assumptions there. And with your own testimony, and they're witnessing that, you don't need to come inside the building. Uh, another thing is, under the Public Health Act, uh, we have the right to enter at any reasonable time, any place of business. Under the Health Act you do, but not under the Criminal Code 176. Under the Public Health Act. Yeah, which doesn't override. So I think based on what I've said, being reasonable, you can observe everything you need to outside the building and that way you don't interrupt our service and you still get your observations. And I think that's still factual because like I said, any amount of, if there's more than 93 vehicles in this parking lot, the vehicles don't drive themselves. So therefore it's reasonable to assume that there's 93 people minimum. Again, again, we can't assume. So at the end of the day, the public health act says we have access to go in the building. Okay. If you don't want us to go in the building, that's fine, but you're accepting the fact you're denying us access to the building. Okay, so if you deny access to the building, there's potential for criminal charges or potential for additional charges. Yeah. So that being said, we're going to respect the fact that you guys don't want us to go to the church. We're not going to go into the church. Okay. We're going to stay outside and we'll observe the numbers as they Okay, thank you. Okay, so then there's no, then there's no further interaction. Yeah, okay. thank you. Are you satisfied with that? Very much so, yeah. If you can observe from outside. Thank you. 
Get out of this property immediately. Get out. Okay. Get out of this property okay. immediately. Out. I don't want to hear anything. Out of this property I immediately. Don't I don't want to hear a word. Out. Out. Out of this property immediately until you come back with a warrant. Out. 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 Out of this property immediately. Out. Immediately go out and don't come back. Okay. Don't, I don't want to talk to you. Okay. Not a word. Out of this pro out of this property. Immediately out. I don't care what you have to say. Out, out, out of this property, you Nazis. Out, out. Gestapo is not allowed here. Immediately, Gestapo is not allowed. Out! Do you understand English? Get out of this property. Go. So go. Go. And don't come back without a warrant. Out, Nazi. Out. Out. You understand? Nazis are not welcome here. Out. And don't come back without a warrant. Do not come back without a warrant. You understand that? You're not welcome here. Nazis are not welcome here. Gestapo is not welcome here. Do not come back, you Nazi psychopaths. Unbelievable, sick, evil people. Intimidating people in a church during the Passover. You Gestapo, Nazi, communist, fascist. Well, friends, we have a SWAT team in our church again coming authorities so I'm going to go out and see what they want yes hello Walter hi Arthur I wonder if I could just give you a couple of keys of the court order this is for you uh, it basically outlines the fact we have the, uh, the, the right to enter today um, what I would really um, please you don't have to get into a personal space you. Well, you're in my personal yeah, exactly. space, so... Can I, can I explain to you, Arta? I'm not can really I, interested I, in what I you I have to say. Can I explain to you? I'm uh, reading. Okay, okay. The, 
what we'd want to do is make sure that we're not going to disrupt anything with the service. The idea but is this is, uh, you have a wrong, what? this is not street church. Um, this is not street church. You have a wrong. The, uh, both, 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 um, both things are actually on there. Both, both. Church, both churches are detailed on there. So if we could come and, and do The cave of Adulam is not, uh, is not a registered organization. And this is not street church, so you have a wrong. You gotta do your homework first before you come, okay? You have a wrong. You have a wrong organization. Okay, that is for you, Arta. Uh, yeah. I will send it to you by email too, if you'd like. I just wanted to be able to come today and then at least explain the order, serve the order, and then we can stand at the back. No, you can contact. Can no, 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 no. You can contact my lawyer. Okay, my lawyer takes care of this. I'm not interested to listen to any word you have to say. I do not cooperate with Gestapo. I do not talk to the Nazis. You came in your uniforms like thugs. That's what you are. Brown shirts of Adolf Hitler. You are Nazi, Gestapo, communist, fascist. I do not cooperate with Nazis. Talk to my lawyer. You're not allowed here. You're not welcomed here. And I'm not going to cooperate with Gestapo like you, okay? So is that fair enough for you? Okay, Talk to my wanted, lawyer. I just wanted to explain a little bit about the order. I'm not interested. I just to at least have a conversation. I'm not interested in talking. Talk you see, you see, this is what the Gestapo is doing. You coming to co you coming to the place of worship to intimidate and to harass. So you can make an appointment, you... lady. Listen to me. Can you can make an appointment another day. Okay, you Gestapo you another day. Not this day. Not this day! Okay. Not during the church! Okay. You understand? Okay. Make an appointment! Okay, fine. Okay, so go! See you later Have a good day. You are sick. That's what you are. For laughter, family, coming together, worshipping our God, freedom. Look, those people are not slaves, they're free. Those people are free. I want you to be free. Don't allow them to put shackles on you, muzzles on you, leash on you. Be free. Be happy. Enjoy life. You only have one life. Enjoy it. Well, we're Walk for Freedom. We're doing a big rally today later on, and we support Art. He's our brother in arms here against the corruption and the fraud that's going on. We're here to help the people understand what's really going on. And what that is, is that the government is not giving evidence about the facts. What they're doing is they're lying to the people, and that's why we're here in force. Pastor Art does, he does the real stuff. Like, he's not a fake person. He's, he knows the laws, he knows the truth, and, and you know, if people are offended by that, well, so be it. Because the Bible says, that, you know, the truth is offensive. So if you're offended by this, sorry. Sorry, not sorry, really, because, you know, we're doing, we're doing what the Lord has told us to. And, you know, my belief is that if I'm wrong about my faith, I've wasted my life. But if they're wrong about my faith, they've wasted their eternity. I came down uh, after following the story for a number of months now. And myself, I support the preservation of the Charter of Rights and Freedoms. And I don't care what your religious stripe is, but you, you do have the fundamental right to to practice your religion. It's nice to have everyone come together. Uh, yes, a faith community, but there are people amongst even a gathering like this that may be struggling 
um, emotionally and mentally and suicide is at a an all-time high right now it's very high and so by being gathering together we can show compassion we can encourage each other and by doing that someone has hope and that's the reason for the church yes to share the love of Jesus but to give with that love comes hope it's love and hope and a future and encouragement and don't give up I'm absolutely deeply touched by the response of the people I think if every pastor every clergyman would rise up and come out if we cannot worship inside let's have the biggest worship services outdoors all over this country i mean let the revolution begin let the fight for the freedom begin 13 months enough is enough we're moving forward and let's push as hard as we can right now and let's dethrone those pharaohs of the land and let's place freedom lovers freedom fighters at the parliament, at our city halls, and on our legislature buildings. They're not here for freedom. They hate freedom. They hate everything that is just and holy. That's why they're here. But we're not going to give more attention to the hyenas. We eat hyenas for breakfast. We are a pack of lions! And lions never bow before it's the This is Pastor Art Polowski. If you're watching this video, that means they have successfully arrested me and I am in jail. If you would like to support me, if you would like to support Rebel News and the legal team that is trying their best to get me out of this trouble, please go to savearthur.com. Please donate. Please help. Help me. Help my family. Help my wife and my children to get me out of this horrible, illegal situation please go to savearthur.com and get me out of this if you can hello arthur how are you doing hey adam you missed you missed yesterday i know we uh we we just got the news right after um a colleague happened to pull up right after it happened so we're uh we've been keeping up to date over a million people have viewed the video of your arrest already wow wow well here's what happened after the video i I was thrown like a piece of meat behind the police uh, vehicle and I had to go for about an hour, hour and a half back of police car uh, laying down on my and uh, my handcuffs. I had bruises all over the place, almost broke my, uh, my shoulder. Um, so that was until we got to uh, Spy Hill. Then, of course, the processing unit. I was uh, with my brother. We were taken to two different separate cells. Uh, they're not allowing us to sleep. So 24 hours, I can't sleep. The lights are so bright. It's absolutely crazy. Even though other inmates, uh, for example, across from my cell, um, they turned the lights off and he could go to sleep. I don't have that same courtesy. Um, you know, we do not have blankets. We do not have pillows, nothing. Uh, we had to spend 
the whole day yesterday and the whole night and half a day right now on a concrete, con a cold concrete. So that's the situation here. Um, I was never contacted by a lawyer. Yeah, it's it's shocking at the treatment. I'm being viewed here as a monkey in the circus from time to time. Police will come and just look through the window or, you know, like a trophy. Uh, but I'm in a good spirit. I'm not going to quit. I uh, It will not silence me. I'll keep doing what I'm doing because if I don't have freedom, then I have nothing else. If we don't have freedom to worship our God, then what else do we have? All the rights around the world, if you don't have the freedom of religion, all the other rights are disappearing as well. We have to stand up. And Christians, rise up, stand up right now. I mean, if not now, then when? I know that some people don't like me. And I say quite often, don't like me. I'm not here to win a popularity contest, but I'm a pastor that is feeding the poor for 22 years without charging money for taxpayers, without asking for anything in return. And I also pastor another church and people come freely. I don't force anyone to come and listen. People come because they're adults and they want to come. And for that terrible crime, I was handcuffed, wrapped, thrown like a piece of meat behind the police van and taken to jail where I am I'm standing because I can't even sit anymore. You know, how long can you sit and lay on a concrete? So I'm walking around the cell waiting for my release so I can file my lawsuits against those people because that's what I want next. I want to start going after those villains. They're villains. They're wicked, evil people. What they're doing is evil. I think Jason Kenya have become his political prisoner because he's afraid of the movement. We have now thousands of people rising up. We have 11 candidates in our own church and more, more are coming. I think they're afraid that we're going to clean the corruption they're so corrupted and we're talking about corruption and he decided to arrest me as a political prisoner to silence me but i think the more people will see what's going on the more people will rise up and we'll have more candidates and we need to clean our political system we need to clean the corruption we have to make those people accountable again we have to bring back the recall the real recall so people can recall their politicians we have to bring back the referendum so people have back their voice so they will feel included in the main key decision making not right like we have right now few people are deciding how we are to live and how we are to die that's unacceptable i know that there are many canadians that want their country back as well any final word before you head back into your uh, jail cell well, I want to tell you, Jesus wins in the end. And when we stand with him, that's where I draw my hope. My I, my hope is in Christ. He redeemed me. He saved me. He changed the corrupted man into the man I am today. And I give him all the glory. And if you are depressed or suicidal or in a tough situation, remember that God has your back. And we know how the story ends. Truth wins in the end. God bless you. Thank you so much, Arthur Pulowski. Well, there you have it. In the end, truth wins. Arthur Pulowski is certainly not going to bow down. There he is reporting directly to us from prison with a, uh, an exclusive interview. Uh, this has been Rebel News, and I'm Adam Sos. I want to thank you so much for being there for us and with us. And, thank you. And uh, the lawyers did their best, two of them. And um, we're going to have a trial this next Thursday, week from now.
And what's the, uh, what's the plan from here? Well, we're going home, we're going to eat something, we're going to take a shower, change. I mean, we, I was taken uh, with my brother straight from church. I did not eat since Friday. Amen. So we're looking forward to, to be reunited with our families and then we will have to start uh, meeting with lawyers. Lawyers, thank to Rebel News, lawyers that are going to advise us what we can, what we cannot, how we should uh, go from here because this is a fight to the dead. Those people are not kidding. They want us down. They, they, they want us destroyed, behind the bars or killed. I mean, there was no question. The police roughed me up. I had bruises for two days. I still have bruises. You can, you can still see, which is... Uh, well, you know, they're gone now. Which is mostly, quite... Uh, but, but you you know, it was pretty bad. It was know. pretty bad. So Same with my left, my left shoulder. Yeah, they, they, threw me, uh, they threw me behind the police like a piece of meat. Head down, feet up. So uh, for an hour, I was... I was almost upside down, sitting on my hands and the handcuffs. If you've ever been arrested and the way they put the handcuffs on, you know that's extremely, extremely painful. Those wannabe Nazis, they know how to hurt you if they want to, and they did their best. Well, for over a year, I have been telling people about the overreach, about abuse of power, about harassment, intimidation, medical tyranny, because that's what we are witnessing right now. It's a hybrid between fascism and communism. It's something totally new. Medical tyranny that uses the armed forces of the government and the political power. We were political prisoners for 53 hours. I mean, I would never imagine that I would be living again in a country where pastors out of all the villains on the planet, pastors will be arrested in the middle of the highway, not for planning terrorist attack, not for looking to hurt people, but because we opened the church and we were singing songs and praying for people. I mean, this is absolute insanity. Adam Sos here for Rebel News with a troubling update. Pastor Tim Stevens of Fairview Baptist Church has been arrested for proceeding with worship today. For those of you not familiar with Pastor Tim Stevens, he's nothing like Pastor Artur Pawlowski. He's a quiet, reserved man who is simply leading his congregation in worship. He didn't make this a large political deal. He wasn't uh, an outspoken opponent to the authorities. He simply wanted to proceed with worship. Well, in Alberta, in this day and age, apparently that is not to be tolerated. So he was cornered today after worship by a large police force, he and his family. I just got off the line with our videographer, K2, who was on the scene, and he told me it was the hardest thing he has ever seen. The family of Pastor Tim Stevens was weeping as he was hauled away in cuffs like some common criminal. This is a devastating and heartbreaking development. That is three pastors arrested in Alberta. Absolutely unbelievable. Okay, fine, but whatever. Do you need his wallet or? He can, it'll be like a key bag. 
And serve, right? Adam Sos here for Rebel News, and I'm here with Pastor Tim Stevens, fresh off his release from the Remand Center in Calgary. Um, I thought we'd just take a minute to maybe chat. Most people maybe haven't gotten a chance to know you yet, and they've just seen sort of the footage of you being cornered and arrested. So maybe you could just give us a quick little update about sort of uh, how you became the pastor of Fairview, your your history um, in Calgary, and just kind of an update on who you are. Yeah, I, I grew up uh, in a farming community in eastern Ontario, and then came out to Calgary after university just for a job here. And I was actually, I wasn't a Christian at the time and worked here in the oil and gas field uh, as an engineer, as a software developer. And uh, someone actually sent me a Christian sermon. Hmm. And that began the thinking process of me and my wife that led to our conversion in 2008. And just wanted to know more about God and about the Lord Jesus Christ. And so went off to seminary for three years and then back to Calgary in 2014 to be a pastor. And so I've been at Fairview Baptist Church as a pastor since 2014. And then you mentioned you're a wife, so I gather you have a rather large family. I think I saw them in the footage there. Yes, my wife, uh, and we have eight young children from 12 down to a few months old. And so you can imagine we, we love children. And uh, of course, the scriptures put a high value on family. Mm -hmm. And so it's a, it's a joy to be a father and a pastor and a husband. Wonderful. Great. So now we can get into sort of the less the less pleasant details, maybe. Um, we actually met a week prior to your arrest at, at worship on Sunday at Fairview Baptist Church here in Calgary. And you you suspected that there was a chance that you might actually be arrested that day. I know you were, you were kind of getting ready for that, but that didn't happen. But maybe we can talk a little bit about the context, what worship has been like under these COVID restrictions and what led you to the decision to remain open despite the restrictions. Yeah, well, the restrictions have fluctuated over this past year. Uh, but we as a congregation together have made the decision that when it comes to commands that were given from, by the state that con conflict or contradict the commands we have from God's word, that we will obey God rather than men. And so we, we gave much deference to our government at the start of this pandemic. But as things didn't materialize the way they said it was, uh, we figured it was more important uh, to worship Christ the way that he's called us to worship. And so we started gathering again to worship last May. And we've been doing so and we've been free from infections or outbreaks or sicknesses in our church. And as restrictions have gotten tighter and tighter, of course, that has put more pressure upon us as a congregation. I've received a number of tickets and court summons, but we felt it was still important to obey the Lord Jesus Christ. And it's been a sweet time of, of worship and, and fellowship together. More people have flocked to our church during this time because whether their churches are closed or, or for different reasons, even, even people who don't believe uh, in God have been coming. Uh, to be part of, of what we were doing. And so it's been a real real treasure and a real joy. Now, most recently, the restrictions are down to just to 15 people. So essentially churches are closed and you have to do online. Um, 
but that wouldn't be faithful to what God has called us to do. And on May 6, there was a broad injunction across our province, it's essentially implicating every Albertan who is going to have an illegal gathering. Uh, just it's an incredible overreach by our government to do such a thing. And so we knew that the heat was turning up, but yet the the fact that the consequences were rising and an arrest could be possible for myself, um, the consequences don't change our convictions. Our convictions are still the church must gather to be the church mm -hmm. and we still must worship Christ the way he's called us to worship. And so it made it difficult, uh, but at the end, our decision was still we must we must gather. So on that note, you mentioned that more people have been flogging to the church. It's a pattern we've noticed. People are seeking Christian principle worship. Um, Pastor Arthur Pawlowski said that he might have 12, 20, 30 people that he worshiped, uh, that he had worshiped with at street church, join him for worship on Saturday. Now you're seeing hundreds gathering. Pastor James Coates is in a similar situation where more people are flogging to him. Have you been in communication with the other pastors who've also been arrested for uh, continuing with worship? I've been a friend of James Coates uh, even before all this. Um, we were acquaintances, but we, our friendship has grown through this time as we've kind of have, have the exact same convictions about the church. And as we've walked through this journey and, and the threats of enforcement that have come against us. And so our friendship has really, really grown uh, through this time. Uh, so we can get down to the, the arrest, I suppose, what actually went down that day. Um, first off, though, you talked about the increasing pressure on the church, and it's come out very recently that apparently Tyler Shandro specifically instructed that specific people who are considered high-profile offenders be targeted. Have you felt that there's been a targeted persecution against you or other Christian pastors specifically? What's, what's sort of your impression on what's been going on? What's interesting is there's been a few voices that have been vocal against us, whether that's on Twitter or in the media. But for the most part, what we've heard from people in the community and from people who've been contacting our church is mostly positive. Uh, people are very supportive of what we're doing. And so it, it's, it's, been, it's been difficult that way in, in knowing that there are a few but very powerful people who stand against us but yet you have a, a wide base of support among Albertans in general. And we, our, our, our church at Fairview is, is right in Minister Shandro's writing. And so I've written to him many times. I've written to the premier uh, over this last year, but, but all of the correspondence has essentially gone unanswered. Uh, just, just simple emails back. Basically, here are the guidelines you need to comply. Mm -hmm. And it seems I've noticed even talking to Pastor Archer that they, they seem to offer olive branches when they know they won't be received. And then yourself and James Coates have both sort of endeavored to have these communications with the government and they've gone unanswered. So that's extremely problematic. Um, all this pressure, of course, culminated on Sunday uh, after worship. And we saw the sort of daunting footage of police cornering your family. Maybe you could just tell us what that experience was like for you. Yeah, it was it was a bit of a shock because what happened earlier that week, uh, in fact, the previous Sunday, the police came, I believe, to serve me the injunction, uh, but they actually gave it to somebody else, I found out later. Uh, so I had never seen that copy of the injunction. But then as the week developed, uh, the Justice Center of Constitutional Freedoms, which represents myself and James Coates, uh, they, they went to court and, and essentially had that, um, at least the intention was to have that restraining order or that court injunction narrowed down just to be the whistle stop and those connected with the whistle stop. And so going into Sunday, we thought this was going to be a Sunday where we'll be free from any harassment from the authorities. And so we had a great time of worship and fellowship together as a church. And then uh, in the parking lot afterwards, the police were still around, but hadn't come out of their vehicles. We weren't sure what they were there to do. And I got a phone call uh, from a sergeant 
who was back in an office somewhere saying, you know, Pastor Stevens, you will be arrested today. And he wanted my, my wife and my children to leave uh, for their sake. And uh, I said, no, I prefer to have my wife and children here. And, and he was very insistent that they ought to leave. And so he let me talk to my wife for a bit. And he says, I'll phone you back in a few minutes. And so I went and told my wife, and he says, well, I'm not leaving. Um, and so he called back and I said, no, my family is going to stay here. And I, I think it, it wasn't necessarily that they were concerned about the trauma to the children. I think they were concerned about the image that would be upon the Calgary police. And I've, I've pleaded with some of the officers. I know the Calgary police service is recognized as a great police service. And, and to see the things that are going on today, I, I'm just hoping that it doesn't ruin their reputation you know, for a long time that they're part of, of you know, ripping a father away from his family and his eight children who are in tears because I held a church service and, and brought me to the remand center where I spent you know, two nights there um, when, when there's been no harm done to, from our church to the community. There was no crime. There was nothing deserving of, of jail and yet they would be part of that. It's, it's, it's really unjust. Well, and particularly the show of force. If an officer walked up to you and said you're under arrest, you wouldn't fight them. You're a peaceful man. You follow the example of Christ in that instance. Two SWAT vehicles and five SUVs and helicopters flying overhead. I mean, in all these cases, there's been a clearly disproportionate show of force as though they're attempting to make an example of you. Um, so I appreciate that. I know lots of officers are struggling with this. Lots of Calgary police are having a tough time enforcing these measures. But uh, one of the other concerns that other pastors have mentioned was the treatment once actually in jail. So if you can tell us about what your experience was actually like at court and then and then actually being placed in prison for leading worship. Yeah, the difficult thing about going to, to jail, and specifically the remand center, because uh, I was held in a, in, a, in a holding cell at the police station for a few hours before going to remand. And remand is a maximum security uh, prison. And so whether you're a pastor going to church or whether you're you know, a ruthless murderer, you, you're in the same spot and you're treated the exact same way. And so whether that's a strip search, whether that's being held in shackles, uh, all of that is, is, is part of it. The, the most the most difficult thing about it is when when you're in there and and especially even because of covid you have so little contact with your lawyers or with those on the outside and so going in, in even into my hearing on monday i asked the remand center and then again at the courthouse to speak to my lawyer uh, but because of covid my lawyer wasn't actually there and there was no way to communicate and and uh, some of the guards weren't that helpful and so I went into that, that trial or that hearing uh, without even being able to contact my lawyer beforehand. So I, I just felt like this was just adding to the injustice of it, uh, that they would put me there and then um, that I would really have no, no way to, to vocalize to my legal defense, you know, what we should be doing as we stand before that judge. And you're not the first person. Numerous pastors have had have waited a day to speak to their lawyer, which is an extremely concerning uh, thing to consider uh, as far as your experience, you have a right to talk to your lawyer and they they grant that to the most extreme criminals and thugs. And here a pastor can't even speak to his lawyer to decide how to go forward. Um, maybe talk now about your experience within remand, actually what that was like for you. Yeah, well, they they asked if I what section of remand I wanted to go. And there's a few different options. And I didn't really know. I've never been any experience <laughs> being in prison before. And so uh, I was put into general population, which is essentially you know, there's, there's a pod with a few tables and then cells uh, on a lower level and an upper level. And so I was placed on a cell on the upper level and, and I had a roommate. And because we were, we were, you know, new to the remand center, both of us, 
um, we were on quarantine because of because of COVID. And so if I was to stay there for any length of time, you essentially you get, you get half hour out of your cell and uh, during that day. And so once you're in there, at least at least in the remand, you had you had a few blankets and a, and a thin pad to sleep on. Uh, the holding cells didn't have any of those those luxuries. But uh, so you, you essentially were, were there in your room. And another another challenge of being in remand is there's not really uh, instructions or an awareness of really what's going on. And so essentially you just wait for someone to tell you what to do. And, uh, and then you hope that what, you do, what you've done is not the wrong thing to do. And uh, so you kind of just muddle your way around trying to figure out when is it time to, to go or when they're going to bring food or when you can call. And so that was part of the challenge is just not knowing what's going on. And so as a Christian, you're, you're prepared and willing to face those consequences for your faith. But did you ever think that in Canada, in Calgary, in this, this hub of freedom, strong and free, you'd be, you'd be stuck in such a situation just for living out your faith? No, it is, it is really incredible to believe this has happened here in, in Calgary, here in Alberta. I know other pastors across this country, and they had always viewed Alberta as like the land of the free. That if it got too bad in their province, that they would come to Alberta to a place of freedom. And then to know that here in Alberta, they've jailed now three pastors, and this is not over yet. I, I don't imagine this is going to end anytime soon. Uh, there's been a real, real change and shift uh, in, in the political landscape, even among conservatives, about the role of the government and about the use of force and enforcement. And so I'm, I'm continually shocked that I'm in this place as a pastor, seeking to, to care for my flock and care for my family. You know, Jason Kenney mentioned uh, in his victory speech that Alberta is an idea where, where responsibility is given to the people rather than an impersonal bureaucratic state. And what we're seeing now is an, an impersonal bureaucratic state, you know, govern the life of my family to tell me who I can have in my home, uh, actually forbid anybody from coming in my home, where I ought to go, uh, forbidding or restricting what we do as a church to worship. And so, so these are, are clear violations of not only the scriptures, but they're clear violations of our charter rights and freedoms. And they've been continuing month after month after month. There's no recourse. Uh, the courts are so slow. Our politicians are not answering. And so what recourse do we have but to continue to live our lives as peacefully and as best that we can um, in, in, in the face of such, you know, really a, a totalitarian kind of government that is encroaching upon the citizens of Alberta. And it, it's, it's incredible. I, I can't believe it. So in the face of all this, I think most pastors have sent some sort of message to Jason Kenney, and it seems that he's not listening. So I'll ask you instead for a final remark to your fellow Christians throughout the province. To my fellow Christians... I would just encourage them to um, obey Christ first and foremost. I know a lot of Christians have given much deference to the government as month and month has gone by, but I would encourage you to, where, where is that line before you must say, no, I will obey Christ here. Um, I will practice hospitality. I will go and I'll practice the ordinances. I will gather together as the church. There has to be some kind of line in our mind. Otherwise that line will keep on shifting as the government keeps on moving their goalposts. And we're never going to stand for the Lord Jesus Christ. I wouldn't be in this situation if, if the church in this province uh, was more united on this front. This could have been over a long time ago. These restrictions could have been done for the people of Alberta, not just Christians, a long time ago. If we would just stand together. We've seen that in other places of the world. Uh, if we just stay and say, no, this is our freedom. This is our responsibility. And we're going to live our lives. Uh, the government doesn't have the power to throw us all in jail. Warning. Censorship. Warning. Censorship. I have a valid court order here today 
requiring the sheriff, that's me, and the assistance of the police to vacate everyone from the building and we will be locking the building. Historic moment, folks. Historic moment. It's very historic. What's happening here right now, you would have never thought, you would have never thought that this country could so fast slide into something like this. Young people, what you're seeing with your eyes here this morning, this is what happens. This is what happens when you don't guard. This is what happens when you let those things slip. Let's open up the businesses. Let's allow people to live. And if there is an issue somewhere, and if the virus is somewhere in an area, let's be careful. We will isolate, like we did here at the beginning when they said we need to, flat, need to flatten the curve, which probably now is mo mo one of the most uh, popular things, words in the dictionary, uh, flatten the curve. We did that, we closed down, but then very soon we found out there was something else behind it. And I am standing up for humanity at the peril of my life, whatever it takes. We have the Bible, like I said, we have the Charter, we have the Bill of Rights, we have the, the, the Criminal Code. What else do I need? Let us just be real Canadians, like the Honorable Deacon Baker said. Let us be free Canadians. Let's worship God. Uh, let, let the people worship God, those that want to worship God. And let the businesses open up. Let the families live. Don't torture them any longer. David Menzies for Rebel News here in Elmer, Ontario. And folks, I'm once again back at the Church of God. Uh, as you might notice, its sign has been vandalized uh, by the oh-so-tolerant pro-lockdown people. And uh, I regret to inform you that the Church of God on Friday, uh, well, a judge agreed that it was time to put new locks on the exterior doors of the church. Uh, this is for allegedly continually violating the COVID-19 orders. Along with that order came fines of $117,000, including legal fees to this church. And no, the church does not have that kind of money laying around in the collection plate. But as they say in show business the show or in this case the service must go on people are going to congregate outside pastor henry hildebrandt he is not bending the knee it is a beautiful spring day and uh one wonders what uh, the next step is uh you know that the haters will be here the mainstream media which in turn hates this church they'll be here law enforcement will be here the counter uh, protesters will be here and um, I know this will be a fantastic sermon today I just wonder what the next step will be when it comes to trying to shut down Pastor Hildebrandt and the Church of God in the meantime let's see what the pastor has to say to his congregation I would like to call, take this opportunity and go worldwide and say, man, let's be real men. Let's, let's lead, let's lead again like it should be. Let's lead, let's lead our families in a safe way. Let's be what we need to be. Now we're seeing the, the people are waking up fast and saying, what is going on? I'm so sorry having to say it like this. We are making a mockery out of our law system. 
our governments presently allow unelected health officials to force our judges to turn law-abiding citizens into criminals. I can't wait for the day, I can't wait for the day where one of our premiers will rise up and act burly. Can't wait for one of them to get up and say, enough is enough. Well, folks, I'm with Pastor Henry Hildebrandt. Uh, first of all, Pastor, uh, awesome service, uh, very appreciative crowd. I want to touch upon what you said at one point, which I think is so profound and is really the crux of the matter. And that is, we have a legion of unelected, non-accountable mm -hmm. public health officials that are suddenly invested with powers that they never should have had, including, in your case and in many others, going to a judge and getting your church, your place of worship, locked down, having locksmiths come in and lock you out of your own church. How did we get to this point? That's what struck me this week, and that's why I know those might be strong words, but that's why I'm saying, what else is it but medical dictatorship? Because we have these unelected officials, like you said, we have them making a decision, and our government, who was elected to stand by the Constitution, it's all pushed aside. Like I said this morning, our scriptures, verses, scripture verses uh, engraved in stone at the Peace Tower, at Parliament. We have 25 scriptures apparently there. Where has that gone? It's very, very, very troubling. And then, like I said, when, they, when the health, health officials tell us what their proof is, it is no proof. It is no proof because of what, it's, what they're bringing forth, the data they're bringing forth is not, is not the, 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 uh, the cure that they are offering is way worse than the virus is. Why is it that an outdoor religious gathering in Elmer, Ontario is offside, but if these were Black Lives Matter demonstrators, the cops not only put their ticket books away, they bend a knee in solidarity. Right, exactly, and none of us can help but to be reminded of that, what happened last year in the middle of the year when those gatherings were taking place. Why was that not an issue? Why was that not an issue? And why, if they said that these were super spreaders, if they were, why aren't they super spreaders? I mean, we see the people in Montreal on the streets. We see them somewhere else, and they have been in Toronto throughout the year. Thousands of people, of course, they don't report that. But I'm saying, why is there no super spreading? I have come to the conclusion, I say, okay, if you want to call this a super spreader event, it's spreading happiness. It's spreading happiness and normalcy. Yeah. yeah, what is normal these days indeed. Right. And another thing I want to touch upon, uh, Pastor Hildebrandt, uh, you were justifiably so, in my opinion, uh, condemning the mainstream media. And I think we have witnessed such egregious unfair coverage of your situation. I want to read the lead paragraph from the London Free Press about what happened sure. on Friday. And it says, residents in this quaint town of 7,000 are reacting with relief after authorities padlocked the doors of the Church of God over its ongoing defiance of COVID-19 restrictions. This suggests to me, Pastor, that the people of Elmer go to bed shaking like a leaf, thinking, oh my goodness, this Church of God, this super spreader event, it's going to bring death to us. Is this reality? So I'm saying if that was relief, what they saw, how must they feel today? Because here we are, and this is not the end of it. 
this is not the end of it. Uh, actually, to be fair, and that is the biggest troublesome thing that we see today is that the media does not cover it. It's not the truth because in order for them to tell the truth, they would have to say there is some residents in Elmer yes. that are against it and there's many that are supporting it or at least report the truth, tell the truth because this does not tell the truth. No, you're, you're absolutely right. Uh, I, I think maybe you should be the editor of the London Free Press. Maybe we'd have well, more fair Before coverage. they send it out, before they send it out, yeah. let's just spread truth. Let's yeah. just start spreading, spreading truth. And why do they not, why does the mainstream media not want to tell? Why do, they, my question is, will you not tell or why don't you tell when there's hundreds and thousands in the streets of Montreal? Let us know at least what did they want what did the people want there but to me this is this smells so bad when i see not a word is said but if there is two people that i'm sorry but if there's two people that agree with justin trudeau that makes world news why indeed maybe it's because pastor that the media is in the tank for the liberal party the cbc gets funded to the tune of 1.5 billion 600 million for the newspapers mclean's gets funded there's some other bailouts because they couldn't exist without that money mm -hmm. so um you got a question how can that not be a conflict of interest when the government is paying you for your journalism you're really going to be more of a watchdog than say a lapdog Exactly, exactly. I, don't, I think we have all seen very, very clearly that that is a problem. They're paid by the government. They are their little puppies going around just telling what they want them to tell, recording what they want them to record, spreading what they want them to spread. We need media that will tell the truth and tell the complete truth. Tell us all what exactly is going on and listen to the people. Listen to the people because the government the Constitution was created for the people, yes. not for the government. So somebody needs to listen to the people and tell the government what the people uh, is, what the people are wanting. And Pastor Hillebrand, uh, the other question I have is what we see as a, an ongoing uh, odious trend on war on religion. And it's not just you. Look what happened last week, that shameful and dangerous takedown of Pastor Arthur Pawlowski out in Calgary arrested on his knees on a wet highway that wasn't even closed. There was there was no reason for that kind of street theater. Uh, he's not a violent man by any means. Um, would you like to weigh in on what, how the Calgary police treated uh, Arthur? I think they're trying to make a case. I think they're trying to say, well, let's treat this this way, and hopefully this will scare every other pastor in the country, yeah. except that it does the exact opposite. Mm -hmm. When we see that they treat somebody like that, I mean animal-like, or I don't know what you want to call that, but to drag somebody. I mean, all it took is one little motorcycle to follow him to his home, turn their little lights on, exactly. and say, Pastor, we're giving you a ticket for this, or we're arresting you, or whatever. But do you want to make a scene? But you know what? That scene has helped the Christians so very much across this world, and not just the Christians. People have woken up and say, look, because yesterday it was Adam Scully, I'm saying fig fig figuratively speaking, yesterday it was Adam Scully, today it's us, who, it is, who is it tomorrow? Tomorrow it's those people that today are mad that we're here. So I'm saying, people wake up, wake up, because your rights are taken. And Pastor Art was, making an, was made an example of, for people to see, look, this is what happens when you do that. But did it work? No, it didn't. And it has never worked. When you oppress the people of God, it just, it, they just multiply. You know, I hope you're right. You brought in the name uh, Adam Skelly of uh, Adamson's Barbecue. We were there for all three days in late November, uh, Pastor. And 
what we saw there, the um, the mounted unit, it was literally all the king's horses and all the king's mm-hmm. men coming in to shut him down. He was also given a bill afterwards for the law enforcement costs, $187,000. And to me, this was... Um, uh, Dr. Eileen Davila, who I call the mayor. I think John Tory's the deputy mayor. I think she leads him around by the nose. But okay. I think that was her sending a message to all the other business people mm-hmm. out there. If you dare do what this guy's doing, how do you like showing up on the 6 o'clock news, handcuffed and being thrown in a police cruiser? And it might have worked because I've never seen any critical mass since then of businesses opening up. Do you think this is another tactic of the government, of bureaucrats, of health uh, uh, officials, and that is to use intimidation to scare people into complying. Absolutely, absolutely. And then, so they do that, they lock those doors, and then they add to that, uh, here's your fine, here's the church's fine, and you'll pay our lawyers. I'm listening to it, and they're saying, okay, so the total comes to $117,000 that we're finding the church. What else do you think that is but to intimidate the rest of the country? What will happen? What will happen? I don't know. We don't have $117,000, but let me tell you something. It's not about the money. It's not about the money because God owns the cattle on a thousand hills, the Bible says. So I'm saying God knows why this is happening. And I say my answer, part answer was this morning already here. Look at the people because we couldn't nearly fit all these people in there. And this is just just the beginning. This is just the beginning. So... I'm sorry to say it like this, but it actually helped us out greatly. It's supposed to intimidate us, but it puts power in us. We're not a people of, God has not given us the spirit of fear. God has given us the spirit of power. So this just empowers us and tells us this is what the human family should be doing. I mean, listen to the children, listen to the young people. I mean, listen to the birds. They're joining right in. This is just what humanity should be doing. And, and you know, Pastor, on that note, um, I kind of have some fear in my heart for you in terms of the fact that we know the people, the haters, the mainstream media, the police observing today's service, they don't like what you've done. Um, I am fearful they will ramp up your harassment, the intimidation on you. You you might be the next Pastor Arthur Pawlowski. Are you afraid about that? I'll say this very respectfully. I am not afraid of it. If I did not have God, I would quit today. But because I have God, the Bible says in multiple, multiple, multiple places, what shall man do unto me? If my, when my turn comes and I need to go to jail, then I'll go to jail. If my faith is not worth dying for, it's not worth living for. Well said. And Pastor, you know, again, uh, I want to focus on the double standards at play here. You can't have a church service at your Church of God, and yet I believe it's 300, 400 meters down the road here. There's a no-frills supermarket. I don't begrudge their open. Heck, we need food, Absolutely. right? But if we go right now, I bet you it's filled to capacity. There's a lineup waiting to go outside the door. Again, we're always told it's science uh, driving these initiatives. How is it that I can't go to a church, but I can get into a big box store and uh, the virus won't affect me? I, how do you square that logic? Sure. I think it's actually quite simple. Uh, Walmart is no threat to them, Norfolk store is no threat to them, but the churches are. Mm. The churches are a real threat to our government because they definitely do not want to recognize 
that there's a group of people that have a higher king over them than them, that have a higher power over them. And I assume that must be very intimidating. You know, it's fascinating, isn't it, Pastor? I mean, if we go back a century ago in this province, it was prohibition. You had to go to something called a speakeasy, a room where illegal booze was served. Now, not only is liquor legal, but the government runs the booze racket and exempts themselves from, um, you know, the COVID-19 closure regulations. The new speakeasies are are churches, are gyms, uh, you know, places where people go for the health of the body and the health Mm -hmm. of the spirit and the mind. Don't you find this perversely ironic how things have just gone so upside down in the space of a century? Very, very ironic. Very ironic. Uh, And I think that is part of the reason why people are waking up because it is just too obvious. It's just too obvious. Why is that open and this not? What is going on here? So I... I'm, I, I look at things by nature. I'm a, I'm a positive person. I look at things positively. So I don't want to believe, I don't want to believe that, that it, is a, it is an attack on churches, but it just is because they're making it so obvious that we see that it is. And the double standard is really, really bad. When we find out that the judges are somewhere in holidays or this one is traveling and oh, we yes. were, and we weren't okay. supposed to travel. And then this All I can say is if Jesus was here, he would show them, he would tell them, you hypocrite. And that's what, I don't hate them. I don't hate them. I mean, I'm I'm glad somebody's traveling. I wish just we all could do it, but don't tell us you can't, but this can be done. I'm wondering what has been the personal toll all this harassment and intimidation has taken on you and your family members? Well, uh, like you said, I'm a human being. These are arms, not wings. So it does hurt. It does hurt when they lock the building. It does hurt when they harass you. It does hurt when they put all kinds of posters in town and all kinds of lies about you and all kinds spread all kinds of things. It does hurt when they um, show things to our children and grandchildren that are very, very, uh, very unbecoming. Uh, It does hurt, but it has strengthened my resolve. It has assured me that I'm doing something right or else they wouldn't oppose it so strongly. And I can say today that I can look at them. I do not feel hatred. I can look them in the eye. I told an officer, I said, sir, just so you know, I'm standing up for your children and your grandchildren. Okay, well, Pastor, the last word goes to you, to all those, uh, whether it's law enforcement, judges, public health officials, uh, protesters, uh, haters online, to all those that want to see your church shut down, your congregation denied a place to worship, what do you have to say to them? Well, I would say don't be jealous of us. Just do the same. <laughs> Just do the same. Open up. Let's open up the businesses. Let's allow people to live. And if there is an issue somewhere and if the virus is somewhere in an area, let's be careful. We will isolate like we did here at the beginning when they said we need to, flat, need to flatten the curve, which probably now is mo- mo- one of the most uh, popular things, words in the dictionary, yes. uh, flatten the curve. We did that. We closed down. But then very soon we found out there was something else behind it. And I am standing up for humanity at the peril of my life, whatever it takes. We have the Bible, like I said, we have the Charter, we have the Bill of Rights, we have the, the, the Criminal Code. What else do I need? Let us just be real Canadians, like the Honorable Deacon Baker said. Let us be free Canadians. Let's worship God. Uh, let, let the people worship God, those that want to worship God. And let the businesses open up. Let the families live. Don't torture them any longer. Okay, so this morning... We are here as legal as you can get. 
I mean, I'm a Canadian. My name is in here, uh, and I'm a free Canadian, uh, free to worship God, free to free, free, free to stand for what is right. Uh, listen, the Constitution was created to protect the people from the government, not the other way around, not the other way around, uh, not the way around, not the other way around. So. We have the charter on our side. It says first, the very beginning, God is supreme and you will be worshiping. Listen, when our fathers came here, they said, let's make sure that no tyrants will ever, ever, ever do something. And they said, let's make sure we have it first, free to worship God, free to assemble. Got the Bill of Rights right here. And if that wasn't enough, is there another one? Yes. So, crawl criminal code, and it says, if any judge, sorry, not judge, if anybody ever interferes with the people worshiping God, they are in contravention of the criminal code. Well, folks, I am with Salim Mansour. You probably recognize the name and the face. He ran for the People's Party of Canada in London. Um, Salim, what did you make of the pastor's remarks today? I found it fascinating, and I think he was bang on that we have unelected, non-accountable health officials going to judges and basically turning law-abiding citizens into criminals for things like this, a, a gathering. The pastor's voice has become the trumpet of all of our voices that we cannot voice it. And pastor is, you know, broadcasting what tens and thousands and millions of Canadians deep in their heart feel and feel not at this moment but for the past one year there's nothing been like this before in our history you know and yes yes unelected uh, health officials are imposing their distorted view of their Mickey Mouse science and making an experiment out of the people of Canada. And the worst criminals are our elected representatives. Do you see, uh, in terms of Pastor Hildebrandt, this situation escalating? I'm sure, you know, the authorities, the police, the mainstream media, they're gonna take a dim view of this gathering. Is that what awaits this pastor being dragged away in a police car? Well, here it is. You know, you know who I am, so here it is. We have to Pars the word escalating. We are people gathering together to worship. We are people gathering together to hold each other's hand. You know, you know that I am a Muslim. Jesus is my Christ, Messiah in the Quran. The Muslims have forgotten that, and this government and all the governments have been trading one people against the other to splinter and fragment it. What did, what did Justin Trudeau say in October of 2015? He said, welcome to a Canada that is postmodern and without any core identity. Is that why Mackenzie King sent Canadians to die in the beaches of Dieppe? That he have no core identity? He also said that back then that the budget will balance itself and maybe with all these fines, maybe it will. Who knows? But Salim, always a pleasure to talk to you. What Exit question. Are you going to be running for the PPC in London uh, whenever the next election is called? Well, I'm waiting for the sound to ring in my ear okay. and I'm going to consult with the, with, with the pastor. Okay. Because we have to... Whether I run or don't run, we, the people, have to take back our country. That is, make, bring God back into our life. We have become a country that is godless.
It's godlessness has become our faith, our religion, and we have to take it back. Well, it seems that following God is illegal increasingly in Canada, which is a, a downright shame. Well, I mean, it is illegal, and, and the, the people who, who have made it illegal, they're following the demon. That is their God. You can't have it both ways. I mean, they can, there is no, in, in, in the cosmos, a vacuum. So well, they, if they want to create a vacuum for us, that is, you know, worshipping God is illegal, then the question goes back to them, what is it that you stand? What is your premise? What is your axiom from which you make your move? Salim, always a pleasure, my friend. Thank you. any of that okay? How is it that other church leaders are silent and some of them even putting out condemnations of these Christian churches? How can people square the difference? How can they reconcile cheering for churches to be locked down while then going to Walmart or Costco? How is that possible? How is it possible to write laws as Alberta has done, saying that only five or ten people are allowed at a church, a hard fixed number no matter how large the church is, but the businesses like Costco can open based on a percentage of their fire code space. Why are you specifically treating churches lower and less freely than churches of commerce like Walmart? How is this even possible? And how can this just be swept away and normalized by all the institutions from police chiefs to politicians and the government and the opposition to the media to lawyers and courts and law professors? Is that how easily we give up on these freedoms? I find it deeply depressing. We are fighting back. Pastor Arthur Pavlovsky is one of the cases. Uh, I recommend his website, savearthur.com. We have other websites where we defend churches. We have some important victories. Sheila Gunn-Reed did a video the other day, as you know, about winning the case in Prince Albert, Saskatchewan. A $14,000 fine against that church was dropped after our lawyer at Fight the Fines went to battle. So there is some hope out there, but I feel fairly hopeless. So I shouldn't say that because I don't, I don't want to get you down. It's a terrible battle. We will fight it, and hopefully we will win. We've had some wins. I don't want to be despondent. <laughs> well, that's a show. Bit of a downer, eh? Like I say, it's not the best of. It's the worst of. But we'll keep fighting for freedom. And if you want to help us, you know how you can. That's the show for today. Until tomorrow, on behalf of all of us here at Rebel World Headquarters, to you at home, good night keep fighting for freedom.